Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. I'm Dr. Emily, and on today's show, I'm bringing you some more sex in the news updates because information is the name of the game. Plus, I'm answering your sex and relationship questions. Topics include what researchers think being quarantined is going to do for higher or lower birth rates, affairs, and if couples will make it through. How stress is affecting other people's sex lives. What to do when you started sleeping with your roommate, and it turned out to be the worst sex ever, but you're quarantined together. And how to get it back to a pain-free sex life after childbirth. All this and more. Thanks for listening. Do you ever meet someone who hasn't tried your favorite food or watch your favorite tea show and then you get them to try it and their mind is blown? That happens to me all the time, but with lube, specifically lube during oral sex. It's one of my favorite tips and I'm always amazed when I find someone who hasn't tried it. Either they don't think it's needed or they're afraid of lube tasting bad. Well, thank goodness they're wrong. I mean, not only does lube make receiving oral sex feel incredible, but now it also tastes amazing. There's a brand new line of flavored lubes from our good friends at Joe. It's called Muse and it's going to be that mind-blowing thing that will change your sex life forever. Ever. And if you haven't heard, my other favorite tip for giving oral is to be enthusiastic. Well, guess what? When your partner tastes like salted caramel, believe me, that enthusiasm gets real. Muse comes in three great flavors, mint chocolate, creme brulee, and yes, salted caramel. Each one is 100% edible, 100% sugar and paraben free, and 100% game changer. Oh, and they come in bottles with pump tops. It's like my dream come true. You gotta try Muse. We're all obsessed with it over here. To get some for yourself, go to sexwithemily.com slash muse. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash M-U-S-E. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex relationships and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com and find us on all social media. It is Sex with Emily across the board. All right, intentions with Emily. For each show, I just want to start off by setting an intention. We started at the beginning of the year, and this has been really helpful for everybody, and I do the same. So while you're listening, what would you like to get out of listening to this episode? How could it help you? It could be, well, my partner works outside the home and I don't, and I've been wondering, how do we have safe sex right now? Or it could be, stress seems to affect my partner and I differently, and now it's starting to affect our sex life. My intention is, I just want to keep you all informed on the healthiest ways to maintain your relationships and your sex life as we continue to be faced with the hardships that come with constantly staying at home. We're all in this together, and I'm here to help. I love you all. Enjoy the show. There's a lot of sex in the news lately, and believe it or not, um, that kind of makes sense, right? We're like, do we want to have sex right now? If we're quarantined alone, how do we actually have sex? We've heard that you know our safest sex partner is us, that we are our safe, which is actually always true. You know, masturbation, huge fan. 
masturbation is sex with someone you love. But here's what people are coming up with. They, there's a lot of people talking about this, this baby boom, right? Is there going to be a baby boom in nine months? Well, you know, this, this article says that coronavirus has created a sex boom, but possibly not a baby boom. So we know that we are isolated couples are purchasing a lot of sex toys, they say, and that activity on the dating app is way up. So it's natural that a lot of us, if we're not commuting and we're not going to work, that we're using it to have more sex because, hey, having sex, we release dopamine, you know, which helps us with pleasure and happiness. Testosterone levels are raised in men and women, which raises our libido, which could mean they want more sex. So, you know, sex is a solve. Sex can make us feel good. So it makes sense that's happening. However, there is some studies that say people who aren't happy at home, because let's be honest, if we weren't that happy at home before, being isolated and quarantined with the problem, which is your partner, you might not want to be getting it on. But there's a, there's a site called Illicit Encounters. It's a dating website for those seeking extramarital affairs. They say they've had a 15% increase in activity. And they say 54% of men have started affairs in the last four weeks. And 74% of those men say that it's because they're bored, which I don't know how this is happening. I mean, are they, are they sneaking out and having like illicit COVID affairs? So maybe that's happening. But for some people, if they are home with their partners having sex, do you think that we will see a spike in births? Well, overall, the lockdown could have larger effects on relationships. I think what we're going to see is more people getting married or divorced in the near future. Listen, anytime there's like a catastrophe like this is what's happening to us, it's going to kind of push us even prematurely into the next stage of our relationships. So I think we're soon going to see what that is going to mean for relationships because times of crisis has been a time actually they show where incidents of conceptions have fallen. However, once the crisis passed, there is a spurt in conceptions thanks to remarriages, rejoined families, or people who just resume sexual activity. But we don't know what's going to happen yet with COVID. Remember, we're all in the middle of it right now. There was a condom shortage at first, but now they're back. So really, I think we all got to wait moment to moment. Um, if we don't see a spike in births, uh, there could be a lockdown, like I said, that has going to have a wider effect on relationships. So again, you know, be safe and use protection. If you are having sex with someone that you don't want to have in your life for the rest of your life, remember to uh, take care, use protection, because you don't want to have a baby with someone in nine months if you don't want to be locked away with them for 90 days. So let's just think about that. Okay, guys, what else is happening? Uh, if I could only Lysol my husband too, sex in the age of the coronavirus. So it turns out um, there's an article in the US Today that it can be tough for a lot of couples to be having healthy sex right now. Because what if one person is leaving home all day and the next, you know, they're working, they're still in a, you know, a profession that where they need to work right now and they get home, they're going to be Lysol down, right? There's no touching when your partner's out and you don't know who else they're meeting. So that could also be an impact why people aren't having as much sex. So there's a New Jersey couple that says, you know, hey, the woman says, I'm not feeling my inner sex goddess. I'm spending all day in my pajamas. I can relate. Who else is wearing their pajamas right now? I am. And also, if we're really worried and we're stressed about sex, we're worried about the bills and we're worried about, you know, our health, it can be really hard to focus in the moment. Now, others are saying that they're having sex, but there's less spontaneity. So, for example, 
if you have a partner who's outside the home, you're going to be like, don't even think about touching me. You got to get in the shower. You got a Lysol. You got a double Lysol. Did he wash enough? Is he clean enough? One woman says when her partner's a medical worker. Now, sex can also be a super positive force. So when other things are prohibited, right, we can't go out and meet our friends, we can't escape and go to the gym, you know, we might turn towards ourselves. And if we're, if, we're, if we're home alone, solo sex is safe. You are your safest sex partner. Now, listen, if you are with your partner, but you feel like you haven't had time for masturbation, ask for the time. This is actually the time that you get to discuss with your partner, hey, you know what? Masturbation is a part of my, my life that's actually really important to me and it's healthy. And so I'm going to need the bedroom for a minute or I'm going to take a longer shower than usual. And in fact, I think this is a great conversation to have because I hear from you all the time that you masturbate in a relationship and you're worried that your partner's going to find out because you know they're not that into masturbation or you've had to stop masturbating because you made a promise to your partner that you wouldn't. Well, right now I feel this is the time to have these difficult conversations, which I think actually are necessary. I don't think they're difficult. I understand they're challenging when you first start having them. But more than ever, let's level the playing field. Let's have these conversations that are harder to have. And if you need to masturbate, ask for that time. Now, a lot of people, super frustrated because they're not having sex. They're yearning for physical contact with the human. And um, I know, you guys, it is tough. So hopefully we'll be out of this soon. And also, you guys, couples also being cooped up together who don't want to be. There's another woman who found out her husband's affair. She found out about her husband's affair right before the pandemic. They filed for divorce, but now they're stuck in the house together. I am showing you here a variety of what everyone's dealing with. It's all different, right? If you're alone, you're like, God, I wish I had a partner. Maybe you're stuck with a partner that you don't want to be with. Maybe you and your partner are really having mismatched libidos right now. Now, some people say they're having very healthy sex lives. Another couple says it's nicer to be together at night. You really appreciate that time with your partner. They're healthy and they're still able to have sex. Where do you all fall on the spectrum? I want to hear about your sex life. You guys can ask me your questions. You can let me know. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. Now, here's an uplifting story. There's a quarantine love story and it went viral how these New Yorkers are dating during the pandemic. So Jeremy Cohn spotted his neighbor dancing on her rooftop. He waved from his balcony. She waved back. Then he wrote his number on a piece of paper. Get this. He taped it to a drone and flew it to her. He thought, 2020 has been off to a terrible start, but I still need to shoot my shot. He's been documenting their virtual dates on TikTok and Twitter. In the first date, they had matching dinner from their balconies. He wanted to meet in person. Listen to what he did. He got into an inflatable bubble. He met her outside on the sidewalk. He brought her flowers and hand sanitizer. The police even stopped him. Not because they were in trouble, but they had heard about their story in the news and wanted a selfie. You know, I think this is a very sweet story. Jeremy's like, you know, I want to find love. This is going to be my year and I'm going to find it any way I can. And what I love about this story is that you guys, a lot of times, you know, when we're at a point of, of, of crisis, we're in a time of discontent, a time of uncertainty, you know, other things rise. Maybe our desire for connection, creativity. There's a lot that's bubbling beneath the surface. So I love that Jeremy's like, you know what? My neighbor's a hottie. She's dancing on the roof. I'm going to do something about it. Maybe he wouldn't have done that a month ago, you know? But now we also have less distractions. In fact, I would guess that a month ago, Jeremy might have been, you know, distracted by work or his phone or something else. And so now I think that we're all slowing down a bit. And maybe he was able to actually notice his sexy neighbor on the roof doing a dance. I thought that was inspiring. Okay, so we've also got, um, there's people, you guys, job losses are growing in the newly 
unemployed embrace sex work by camming for cash. I guess that makes sense. There's a 40% jump in new content creators uh, where they say that, um, you know, people are out of work. One woman is a massage therapist and a professional mermaid, which I'm not sure what that is. And she said, one moment, one moment I had a lot of work. The next minute I had nothing. She doesn't think that Uber and Postmates are work options. They are work options, but they're not as safe. And also they say some people were really interested in it before, but they were scared and now they feel like they have nothing to lose. So they're wondering, what do I do? Well, I guess in the time of economy, sex is recession proof in some places, but it is hard work, you guys. I feel like, you know, desperate times called for desperate measures, but don't do anything that you're going to look up in a few months and regret. I think, again, this is a time of innovation and inspiration, and it's probably a time where you can make ends meet just with a little creativity and reaching out to people around you, support you, and love you. Okay, there's more people talking about how they're handling sex right now. So someone says, more alone time, this is from BuzzFeed, more alone time with my wife of 30 years. We've always had a very active sex life. We've been going strong through all of this. The sex during this time has been as good as ever. We're like teenagers again. That's from Dave, 53 in Kentucky. Now, Joan, 44 in Nevada, she's bisexual. She says, it's sad. I'm a hot wife with a cuckold husband. I can't go out and pick up bulls for our fun. He will service me during this time, but I'm missing the fun. Yeah, I guess it'd be hard to be in cuckolding or threesomes or orgies right now. Although, there have been some online orgies. You can search for that in your area. I guess in any area, because it's all online. Being stuck with my husband, five-year-old, and senior dog is too much. When I can't escape the stress of a crowded house, being intimate close with my husband adds to the stress. I need some space, quiet, and alone time so I can mentally reset for that shit. Sophia, 33, straight in California. Now, listen, you guys, if this is happening to you and you're not finding time for yourself, this is when you have to, you know, discuss with your partner the plan for the week. Like, even if you're sharing a small space, you could say, I need the bedroom for a few hours, or I'm going to be in the living room, or I'm taking a walk by myself today. We always need alone time. And just because the situation has forced us into really close quarters with people doesn't mean that some of the things that are the most important to us, um, we still need to keep that going. And so this is the time when we can practice our really stellar communication skills. And if you don't have them, it's okay. If it's a little bit awkward, you could even say, you know what, this, I'm afraid of offending you. I haven't been able to say this so far. And this has nothing to do with my love for you and my connection for you, but I really need an hour to myself. I feel like we're spending so much time together. And I think anyone could understand that especially with what's going on right now. And I think you'd also be surprised that maybe your partner's feeling the same way. So Murray, 42, he's gay in Georgia, said, I found a chat room. And when I'm in the mood for some stress relief, I go on the hunt for the perfect phone sex partner. It's still just jerking off, but the road to get there is so much more involved. And it's fun when someone has taken the trip with you. So Laura, 30, she's queer in Oregon, says, my partner and I use remote-controlled vibrators and have Skype sex as often as we can. You know I'm all about those remote vibrators. I love the ones by WeVibe. It's a great purchase right now. You can, you know, control the launch, the app with your partner. They can, you can see each other. It's like FaceTime, but it's a called WeConnect app. They can control your toy from across the room, across the world. It's pretty cool. And then you could have a sex, mutual masturbation, control their toy. So this is from Ina, 30 straight in Finland. As everyone is hoarding toilet paper around the world, I've started hoarding batteries for my sex toys as she seems to become a long and lonely spring for me without my partner. Well, 
I guess there are still toys that take batteries, but a lot of the toys that I tell you guys about that I love, which are still for sale um, everywhere you find toys, they think some of sex toys companies are still shipping. Some of our favorites we write, we review on our website at sexwithemily.com. Um, they don't have batteries, so you don't have to worry about it, and they're rechargeable. But anyway, that makes sense, you guys. It's a lot of time without our partners. But I'm going to say this on every show during this virus because I think it's important to remind you that sex in all its glory will be back. We'll be having sex again with humans with our partners. And right now, since sex is an important part of our overall emotional well-being, why not take the time to figure out what feels good to you? A little bit of masturbation, self-love. It does spike the dopamine. Orgasms are good for us. They're good for our skin, good for our immune system. So just every chance I get, I'm going to give you permission to love yourself. And finally, Joe 20, he's by in Minnesota, says, after my college shut down, I'm back with my parents. It's felt like high school where the only time I can do anything is in the shower because everyone is always home. Yeah, I feel you. I can't imagine being home right now. I mean, there's a lot of people who had to move back home with their parents. I get it. Let's get creative. But, you know, the shower always works. Okay, then we've got Love is Blind. Okay, so this show, you guys, huge um, hit came out on Valentine's Day on Netflix if you haven't seen it yet. It's essentially a bunch of couples they, they, they actually meet in a pod. They don't see each other. It's called Love is Blind because they don't see each other, but they forge this emotional connection. They're in these pods, right? And the first few episodes, we see them in a pod and they're talking and they're emotional. And in fact, a few of them get engaged. I haven't, guys, I haven't finished watching the entire series. However, I know a ton about it. And what I kept thinking to myself is, you know, and it does work for some of the couples, you know, and it's showing that, hey, we can, if you spend hours upon hours talking to someone, that when you see them, you already have this emotional connection. And if you can get the physical part going, then maybe it could really work. But the interesting thing is one of the women on the show, uh, her name is Giannia, turns out that she said they cut the part of the show where she actually was getting a little frisky. She was having a little bit phone sex because I kept saying... The, I love that these couples are establishing an emotional connection. I love that they're having these conversations. And I think it is true that, you know, which is why right now, to be honest, love is blind for a lot of people who are just meeting new partners online or you're chatting and online, um, you know, either through text or, you know, I encourage everyone to just take it online through Skype or Facebook, FaceTime. But, but it, you know, I thought, well, I get that they're in these pods and they're talking, but are any of them talking about sex? Well, it turns out she said they cut this part, but she actually did kind of make it steamier and had a little pod sex, which nobody saw on camera. So um, I think that's interesting. And she said that she was actually the one that did that. The goal of the show was to prove that love is blind, that it's based on emotional connection. And But it is true, though, that the ones who actually had the physical attraction kept it going. Well, other ones, you know, no matter how emotionally connected you are, if you just can't get the physical going, it's never going to happen. And this goes for people who often you call into the show and you ask questions and you're like, God, you know, my partner and I, we used to have awesome sex and now we're just, you know, things aren't the same. It's not as great. And I always say, well, how was it? At, or, or they'll just say sex isn't great. And then I'll, we've been together 20 years. And then I'll say, tell me about your sex life at the beginning. Now, if couples say, oh God, it was really hot and heavy. We had incredible sex. We always had this great connection. I'm hopeful because you can, you can kind of, if you've had that seedling of connection and, 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 you know, physicality, you could get it back. You can, you can kind of tap into it. But if you never had it, like even if you had the strongest emotional connection, but you say to me, you know what? We never were that sexual. We never were that compatible. 
I'm of the belief that you can't just start out of nowhere. You do need the emotional and you need the physical, but sometimes the emotional can lead to the physical, which is amazing, and sometimes it doesn't, and you have to know the difference. And finally, some inspiration from the stairs to the kitchen sink, some sex hot spots around the house. You know I always think take it outside the bedroom. In, in regular times, not in these uncertain times, I think we get bored of the bedroom, we're doing it the same way, staring at the ceiling, all those things. But you might even need some extra inspiration right now. The washing machine, nine of 10 couples say that a bit of lust to the laundry by bonking out on top of the washing machine, maybe it's during the spin cycle, kind of acts like a vibrator. Try that out. Office chair, that's another way. The wheels on the bottom means that you can move it around to different positions, which actually makes sense. I like that. The office chair. The table. I think we always had these fantasies about, oh, one day we can just have sex on the table when the kids go away to college or we have more time and then you never have sex on the table. But this is the time. Maybe you're leaning over the table, your partner's behind you. I'm a huge fan of the couch. I think we forget, you guys, the couch, you can have a certain level of elevation. So you're kind of riding above your partner and you can, especially if you're, um, there's like the back of the couch or the, the arms on the couch. It just, I think we forget sometimes. So I think we always just default towards the bed when there's all these places in the home. That we can try, and it's something new and novel and different, especially if you're having sex in the same place. The shower. I love shower sex, and this might be one of our only options right now if we've got family around or kids. I like the feeling of the water too. And remember, you have to use lube in the shower just in case you forgot because you think it's all wet and it's going to make you uh, lubricated, but it doesn't work that way. It actually can wash away your natural lubrication. And finally, the stairs. The stairs is a hot place to have a quickie. Gives you a little elevation. You can kind of slide up. Maybe you slide up towards the bedroom. So there's your inspiration. Look around your house. Maybe you won't ever look at your stairs the same again. I'm cool with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into your questions. If you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it a million times. Communication is a lubrication. The more we talk about sex, the better it gets. But listen, before you can tell your partner what actually feels good to you, you need to figure that out with a little self-exploration because I promise you've got places and parts you haven't explored yet. Enter Zumio, the one toy that was designed specifically for exploration. Instead of using a wide vibrating surface, it has a fine tip that rotates in tiny circles, mimicking the natural motion of a fingertip. And so what this does is it lets you pinpoint one very small area at a time without overpowering vibrations that stimulate everything at once. The result, you can discover so many new sensations and take control of your pleasure. Zumio has eight speeds and it's pressure sensitive. Push the tip down gently for light stimulation or firmly for deeper intensity. And because it doesn't vibrate, nothing gets overstimulated, including the hand you're holding it with. Oh, and BTW, Zumio is an amazing add-on for intercourse. Its small tip and ergonomic handle means that you can reach down and use it exactly where and when you need it most. I'm telling you, just go take a look at it and you'll see why I'm so excited about Zumio. You can see it at sexwithemily.com slash Zumio. That's sexwithemily.com slash Z-U-M-I-O. Zumio is exploration with rotation, not vibration. Okay, everyone asks me, Emily, what's your favorite vibrator? I mean, come on, guys. That's like asking, like, who's your favorite child? It's I me. love all my toys. Me. <laughs> I'm Jamie's your favorite, favorite child. <laughs> yeah. Jamie is... But Jamie, I kn- okay, I knew the Mimi before you. When I first started the show, I was like, got a whole thing of sex toys. Maybe it was five sex toys. And it was from Good Vibrations. And I the Mimi just stood out. And then I became obsessed with it. And I started talking about it on the podcast like probably 10 years ago. And people were like, holy moly, it's amazing. 
And then you got one. It was the very first vibrator you ever gave me, and I still use it four years later. The Mimi in all the products by Jeju, they, they have this deep, rumbly power. If you played a bunch of toys, I'd be like, that's the... That's this toy. That's that toy. And then the Mimi has deep rumbly sensations that feel amazing. The Mimi is great to use for clitoral stimulation during intercourse because it very easily just fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah. And it stays in place. It's super soft. Really soft. And it is really quiet. Like I can be in my room masturbating with it and my roommates could be on the other side of the wall and not know. They don't know. It is very quiet. That is such a good point. The Mimi has five speeds seven patterns and it's just easy to use like literally usb rechargeable waterproof quiet like we said once you see it once you get it you're gonna know why it's one of my favorites for so long just go check it out you won't be disappointed go to sexwithemily.com slash mimi that's m-i-m-i for a very limited time use code emily at checkout for a very special sex with emily discount again go to sexwithemily.com slash mimi m-i-m-i use code emily All right, guys, I love answering your questions. You know I do. That's why I'm here. If you want a question answered on the show, go to sexwithemily.com, click Ask Emily tab, fill out the short form, or just email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. But always include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. All right, this is from Anna, 31, in Italy. Started sleeping with my roommate after a month of quarantine. Once we learned, we will be locked up until June. But He's really, really bad and small and boring. I've tried talking to him about edging and dropping in more to the rest of the body. We did some massages, et cetera. It's just so bad. And I don't really feel like spending my energy teaching him. It's boring and a big responsibility, even though I know future women would thank me. My question, how do I navigate this? I'm stuck living here till I'm allowed outside again. If I stop, it will be so obvious because I don't like it. There's literally no other excuse during quarantine. All right, Anna, you've gotten yourself into a tricky situation. But what I think here is that, while it sounds really difficult, this is a great teachable moment for you and for your roommate. Because in reading this, I thought, gosh, you know, I wish I had more practice, you know, years ago in relationships. Like when I was your age, when I was 31, for example, I know I was in relationships with people where sex wasn't great. And a lot of times I just kept having sex or even dates with people because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I didn't want to speak the truth. And what was really happening was like, one, either I didn't really have the words to express what I was feeling. And two, even if I could, even if I had the words, I couldn't bear the thought of people being mad at me or disappointed with me. And number three, I don't ever want to hurt anybody, right? I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So that's what makes me very avoidant. But what I've learned is the more honest you are with people and you come from your heart and a place of vulnerability and you speak with your feeling words and not attacking them, it's a really great practice. And learning to communicate honestly, openly, and authentically, again, it's a practice and it will serve you for life. So what I recommend here is to let him know that you really, during this time, you have felt that you both, you got into this with him because it was a stressful time and, you know, whatever reasons you guys had had an attraction, 
but you really, you know, need to to take time to not be sexual right now and to really turn inwards and focus on yourself, which is the truth, right? Now, I don't ever recommend saying, well, you're small and you're boring and I don't want to help you because that's mean-spirited. But you can't speak from your place, which is the truth is, during this time, you don't want to spend more energy teaching somebody. I mean, maybe if you had more time and you had a job and I mean, you could leave your house right now, maybe you'd be in a different position with the roommate. Maybe you'd feel like, or you wouldn't be with him because you, you would still be out there dating people that you had more interest in. So my point is, it's a slippery slope here. It, it's tricky because, you know, I'm telling you to be honest and authentic, but don't tell him it's because his penis is small. And I think, again, if you can just find ways to make it more about you know, where you're at right now that you don't feel as compatible, you value your friendship, it's really hard to say. And then the more honest you are, this is really hard for me. This is so hard. I know that we live together. I really don't want this to to be something that's going to make so we can't, you know, successfully co-quarantine together. But just saying that it's more about you spending time with yourself or whatever feels true to you and being honest because I'm telling you, um, it's, it's again, confronting people and letting them know I'm practicing on scales big and small. Like when we're out in the world again, maybe there's someone who disappoints you that there's less stakes, just practicing and saying, this is how it made me feel. And being vulnerable and honest and open is the best thing that you can do right now. You know, I don't think we all want to take on more stressors and training someone how to be the best lover yet. It's just not in the cards for you. And I think you can be honest about that. All right. Thank you, Anna, for your question and best of luck to you. Let me know how it goes. Remember, you guys, all these things are a practice. All right. This is from David, 30 in British Columbia. We were blessed with a child about seven months ago. He was delivered naturally and healthy. No anesthetic was used and there was level three tearing on my wife. I knew there'd be some serious recovery time from the tears and the stitches to heal. We've tried penetration over the last few months and it still hurts her. She's not dry and we use plenty of lube, but it almost seems like I'm too big for her now. Can you help us? Should, should, should she get checked out? Okay, David. Well, first, yes, she absolutely should get checked out. I mean, here's the thing. There's a lot of women who have painful sex after childbirth. This is very, very common. And in fact, 50 to 60% of women report you know, painful sex after six to seven weeks after childbirth. But I got to say that they say after six months after postpartum, 30% still have pain, but they don't report it. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, doctors don't bring it up. Women don't bring it up. They think something's wrong with them. And so if the doctors aren't asking if you're painful sex, you know, or warning women about painful sex, we might not be wanting to bring it up. So you could have something called dyspareunia, and that's technically defined as painful penetration, pain during sexual intercourse, or pain during orgasm. Now, this could be part of it. There's a lot of symptoms after childbirth. It could be, you know, vaginal tightness, looseness, bleeding, irritation. And so there, this can happen, you know, postpartum dyspareunia. Um, there's a few culprits for these. One is low estrogen, and because, you know, our hormones are totally fluctuating, The second is pelvic floor dysfunction, which is what I suspect is that something has happened with the pelvic muscles. They could be too weak or too tight. So sometimes there's like an extra pressure on your pelvic floor from pregnancy, which makes your muscles weaker, which is why people can have like incontinence. And sometimes if they're too weak, it makes them too tight. So what I'm saying is she's got to get checked out. Now, the gynecologist might not be of any help, but a pelvic floor physical therapist can work wonders for women. So Stop with the sex right now, the penetration. See how you guys can connect intimately in other ways while she gets checked 
out. Remember kissing, you know, oral. There's a lot of other things you can do. Okay, David, thank you very much for your question. I think it's going to help a lot of people. All right. This is from Sean49 in Illinois. Dr. Emily, how often is too often to masturbate? I masturbate every night before bed. Is that too often? All right, Sean, great question. I get a lot of questions from guys about, am I masturbating too much? Is it, is it a problem? Well, doesn't sound like a problem to me. I hear that from a lot of men. They, they masturbate every day. I mean, just remember this rule of thumb. There's a problem with masturbation, like when there's consequences. Like if you're masturbating all the time and you're like, oh, you know what? I can never actually get turned on with my partner. It's all I can think about is masturbation. Um, I never want to leave the house. Uh, well, I guess we can't leave the house right now, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's affecting your performance. It's affecting your mental health. It's affecting something else. But, you know, I, I think that it's very common to, to soothe, st- relieve stress, please ourselves once a night. I don't see a problem here, Sean. But thank you for your question. Okay, this is from Beth, and she's 26 years old. Dr. Emily, is it common to quickly and easily have orgasms during morning sex, but struggle to find them during more intense, longer lasting sex at other times of the day? I feel it should be the opposite since in the morning, there's no warm up involved, but simply just getting down to it. I almost always get off super quick in the morning. Usually it takes a while for me to climax during sex other times of day. I tried clearing my mind, but my mind is always a barrier for me. Do I have any tips on that? Okay, Beth, well, you nailed it here. What it, the thing is, is it is your mind. And that's good news and bad news. Most of what is O-blocking us, like why we're not having orgasms, is because we're in our heads. We're blocking ourselves from having orgasms because we're caught up in thinking, am I going to have an orgasm? Or worrying about that it's taking too long. Or worrying that we're not moving correctly. Here's the thing about the morning, Beth, is that our mind, we just woke up. Our mind hasn't woken up yet to the day. You might not be thinking about, you know, all the things that have to happen yet. And you're way more in touch with your body. Like this is like the mind-body connection. I think that we all kind of crave and maybe it's more body than mind, which sometimes that's ideal. And so as the day goes on, we're constantly having more thoughts, more things happen. We have more distractions and we're pulled in all the directions. So, you know, your mind is just filled by the end of the day. But when we wake up, there's a certain serenity. There's a certain peace. Like that's why I also, I remember I was reading a book by an author once and she was talking about her favorite times to write her in the morning because right when she wakes up, um, there's just not as much, like if there's a subtlety, there's just not as much disruption. And she says that guys, she hasn't quite, her brain hasn't been taken over by the day yet. And I feel like that's what's happening to you. So I feel like that's great that you can easily have orgasms in the morning. And the good news here is that we know that it's really your mind. So when I say there's some downside of it, it just takes a little bit of practice. Now, what has always helped me is, is being more mindful and learning, you know, meditation and breath work has really been a game changer for me because when I find that I'm just too in my head, you know, whether it's during sex or during a meeting or during anything when I'm distracted, which is often, I'm a highly distractible person. I just focus on breath and meditation. Again, another practice, which is really important. So the next, so my assignment to you is just to do some mind stuff. Like, you know, again, like it could be start with five minutes of meditation a day, which will kind of help you and maybe some breath work. There's a lot of great apps right now um, that can help you with this. So, but also what I was thinking is in addition to just knowing the practice of 
breathing and, and kind of getting out of your head and into your body is the next time you have that morning orgasm, my assignment to you is right when it's over, think about or feel, actually, don't think, but what, what are you feeling in that moment right after? Because we have kind of a muscle memory. So then when you're we're having sex with your partner later, you can kind of channel like the state that your body was at then. You could even do it like, think about after you have your morning orgasm, well, where were, what were you doing right before that too? Like, because then you'll become more familiar with what your body is feeling in the morning. Because what happens is your mind's getting all revved up. So if you can kind of channel that and be like, oh, this is exactly how I want to feel when I'm having afternoon sex or evening sex, you'll, more, you'll have more confidence to know that you know and you identify with that feeling so it can take you to that place without actually, it, it actually having to be the morning. So I would say do that practice and mindfulness is going to help everybody with their sex life and right now to get through everything. Okay, thanks for your question, Beth. Okay, this is from Dinah32 in Quebec. Hi, Dr. Emily. I just wanted to start out by saying I love listening to your podcast and learned a lot on how to improve my masturbation game. So my question, I love playing with my nipples while I use my vibrating dildo and vibrating clit simulator. I want to get more nipple clamps, but I'm afraid to use the metal clamps. Is there a clamp or nipple sucker that I can use but would be um, soft but still effective? Well, Dinah, yes, I can help you with this. No problem. So Good Vibrations has a bunch of nipple clamps. And first off, the metal ones have little rubber stoppers on them, so it's not like the metal is actually on your nipples. But there are vacuum twist suckers, and so it actually uses like suction. And that can be really fun for while you're alone or, you know, with a partner, but they are non-motorized. They let you have the feeling of suction centered on the nipples, on the neck, or other sensitive spots. So I would try their vacuum suckers. And I think they might have, if you just go to our site, sexdemily.com, they also have silicone nipple suckers. I would say those would be your best bet if you want to stay away from clamps. And I'm so glad that you have learned a lot from the show. That makes me so happy. And I really want you to help you improve your masturbation game. And I hope that's a signal for a lot of people listening and you're thinking, wow, I want to improve my masturbation game. Just start playing with your nipples. Bring them into play when you are you know, touching yourself, pleasing yourself. It's a good time. That's how the magic happens. Remember, you guys, nipple orgasms are a thing. But even if you don't have an orgasm, nipple pleasure is a real deal. And a lot of women don't ever explore it because they don't realize it because they were waiting for their partners to do it. So I say that's a great first step towards mixing up your masturbation game. This is from AK40 in Texas. Dr. Emily, I have a 13-year-old daughter and I'd like for her to be informed and develop a level of security and confidence about masturbation. I'd like for her to have a better connection with her own body and to feel more empowered by it than I did when I was her age. I want her to know that she's in control of her own pleasure and that when she's older and more emotionally capable of engaging in a sexual relationship, she knows what makes her tick and can communicate that in a healthy manner. What is the best way to approach this? Is this a conversation best done entirely by me or are there resources, classes, or organizations that I can reach out to to sign her up for them? If you've discussed this prior, please share. Thank you. All right, AK. I love this question because I've been trying to cover it as much as I can on the show. 
I don't think there's enough resources right now because, you know, we're not required to teach sex education in schools. A lot of parents think it's a one-time talk, like in air quotes, the talk that a lot of us never had. And if we did, it was awkward. But the truth is, it's an ongoing conversation. So first, let me say this, AK. I love your sensibility here. And in reading it, I thought, gosh, I want that for all women. Because so many women of all ages don't know that you know how to control their pleasure. They, are, they, they don't realize that they're emotionally capable what they're emotionally capable of. You know, they don't know what makes them tick and what turns them on. So, so I love that at 13, you want to start doing it. I think my, my belief is it needs to start when our kids are very, very young, just teaching them the proper body parts and, and to make sure that there's no shame around sex and just, just be open. Now, this is a practice for a lot of parents to do because first off, a lot of us never really learned it. No one taught us and we might not know all the answers. I have done a few shows this year, which would be really helpful for you. One is with Ann Hodder, H-O-D-D-R. She's a sex educator. And we talked a lot about sex education and teens. But And most recently, I did one with the Mama Sutra. Her name is Dr. Lene St. John. And she wrote a book for parents called Parental Primer, The Talk. And it's about how to talk to your kids about sex. And I think it's a really great book because and we did a podcast together. And she talks about how she actually, you know, I went to grad school with her and her kids were young then. This was like 15 years, 10 years ago. And how it really, it's the kind of thing of, you know, when they're babies and, you know, calling the vagina, the vagina, you know, saying this is your clitoris, you know, and, and also teaching them at a young age about touching themselves and masturbation and consent. And again, it's ongoing, just like you talk to your kids about a healthy diet and about exercise and about, you know, spirituality and religion. We need to have sex be an ongoing thing. So without the shame and masturbation, letting them know that they're the only ones that are allowed to touch themselves, but, you know, sometimes this can happen and make sure it's private in your room. And, and also finding things culturally that might happen like on the news or if you're watching a show with them to bring it up and just say, oh, did you see how that, that sex scene went down? Or, you know, that actually, so maybe it's something that you agree with and you can say, I like this way that this boy just asked this girl out on this teen show. Or did you see that that might be a toxic relationship and kind of pointing out examples in your day-to-day life that might be applicable to help you tell the story of being sexually healthy person, a sexually healthy young woman or a young man. So the more we can take like cultural references or things that are happening in the news and showing them examples, because it's, again, the more comfortable we get talking about it with our kids, with our partners, with ourselves, it does become just as easy as talking about the weather. I promise you. So when you start it with her just saying like, I know this might be awkward. I, I realize we haven't talked about it, but I'm, I'm here for you as a resource and, you know, I'm here to answer all your questions. And so you're asking for other resources. There is a book, a website called Scarletine. And I think that's one of the best resources right now. I wish there were more apps. I wish there was more books. I wish there was more for parents right now um, that, that made more sense, but I, I'm continuing to work with other educators and finding other resources. So I would say just, you know, asking the questions, um, checking out other podcasts and resources and, um, keep the conversation going. So thank you for that. I think that also will help a lot of people. I appreciate it. All right. Business with Emily. Find me Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 PM on SiriusXM stars 109. And you can get a 30 day trial for free at sexwithemily.com slash SXM. Finally, rate us and review us. Tell us how you feel about the show. Give us five stars. We love that. Wherever you're listening, just go to that platform. 
We appreciate you. Thank you. And thanks to my awesome team. I love you. Thank you for all your hard work right now. And always, Ken, Kristen, Elisa, Brian, our interns, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash SXM. That's sexwithemily.com slash SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. So if you've been listening to the show, it should be no surprise to you that women typically last longer to orgasm than men. This, my friends, is called the orgasm gap. And now there's something you can do about it. It's called Promescent. And trust me, this stuff really works. Promescent is an over-the-counter topical treatment that enhances men's ability to last longer. No pills, no prescriptions, and no questionable claims. Developed by urologists, Promescent isn't your typical delay spray. It's absorbed into the skin instead of staying on the surface. So instead of numbing everything, it leaves you with plenty of sensation. Enhancing your experience is easy. Just apply to the underside of the penis before sex. It's FDA compliant and clinically proven to help men last up to 64% longer. And because Promescent gets completely absorbed, it won't transfer to your partner. It's time to close the orgasm gap, don't you think? Try Promescent for yourself. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash enhance. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash E-N-H-A-N-C-E today.